Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Funky like a monkey, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chris Featherstone. Of course, follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into it. Got some people loading into the YouTube live wrestling chat. This is a man of uh, of, of great character uh, that's over the past couple of years, man. Uh, I've talked to him plenty of times, um, including live at uh, in New Orleans at WrestleMania. Uh just a great guy, man. Um you know, it's one of those things that um it's one of those things that I've I've worked in the professional wrestling business uh, as a journalist for quite some time now, probably uh, 7 or 8 years. And I've met uh hundreds of wrestlers, talked to hundreds of wrestlers. I've had over 100 wrestlers here on the show. And uh, this person is certainly, without a doubt, one of my favorite people uh, in the professional wrestling business. So 
I definitely thank him for availing his time. Uh, his third time on the show, the Pancakes and Power Slam show, number three, ladies and gentlemen, former IWGP tag team champion, former GHC tag team champion, just dominating the tag team scene in Japan, Ichiban, number one, Suzuki Goon's own Lance Archer. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Doing fantastic as always, man. It's great to have you on the show tonight again. Awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. So you got a uh, you got an event this weekend, don't you? I sure do. It's um, sorry, I'm, I'm eating some tuna fish. Um, it's with World Class no Revolution. It's going to be in Wichita, Wichita, Kansas. Exactly, and pretty strong lineup. Uh, MVP, uh, Kevin Nash is going to be there. Chavo Guerrero is going to be there. Jake, uh, Jake Hagar, a.k.a. Jack Swagger is going to be there. Uh, lots and lots of people. Uh, absolutely. So uh, you, do you do a lot of uh, independent shows when you're away from Japan nowadays? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I try to stay as busy as I can, you know, uh, Actually, uh, Harry or Davy Boy Smith Jr. was in Texas this last weekend, and we did three different shows—a little Texas tour. Uh, we were with Texoma Pro, uh, Texoma Pro in Texoma, Texas. Um, on Friday night, we were with Lions Pride in Navasota, Texas. On Saturday night, we were with Anarchy Championship Wrestling in Austin on uh, Sunday. So uh, we did a small little wow. tour, Texas Killer Elite Squad style. Wow! Nice KES man. So you are uh, in your early 40s now, man. Uh, I, I guess I should ask you the question, uh, how long do you think you have? Well, first off, you, you don't have to tell people, man. That's, that's, they can be, you know, that, that old kayfabe, you know. <laughs> no, it's, pu- it, it's public, Lance. <laughs> it's, it's uh, oh, public. I, I know, but you so, still don't got to say it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's Google, right Google, now, man, Google, Google said it first. <laughs> yeah, Google said it, but then you mentioned it. That's the point. Um, no, um, yeah, I you know, I, yeah. <laughs> it, luckily, you know, luckily I, I've been blessed with a, a pretty dang good health. You know, I, I've, I've only had one major injury situation in my career, you know, and that was uh, almost 16 months ago. Um, and it's one of those situations where I've, I've gotten back to pretty much full strength, full power, and and on full go, you know, and luckily everything has kind of continued to yeah. go strong. Yeah. Body's feeling good. Mind's feeling good. And it's one of those things, you know, like I'm, if and when I feel like I'm dropping out of uh, a high echelon of working in pro wrestling and whatnot, then maybe I'll consider retiring or the physical nature takes over and I just can't do it any longer like I've been doing it at the high quality that I like to believe I'm producing then, you know, maybe I'll consider retiring. But as of right now, man, everything's kind of going full speed. So I'm I'm happy and healthy and ready to go. Sounds good. Last time you were on the show, you were actually recovering from your back injury, and we talked off air about uh, back injuries because uh, I actually had the same surgery mm-hmm. that you had uh, in 2013, and I had, you know, three and a half weeks ago, I had an even higher grade of uh, surgery uh, back then, uh, you were endeavoring into a uh, an, uh, announcer, a color a color commentating career. Now, when, mm-hmm. when the days are up for you to uh, uh, stop kicking people in the head in the ring, is that something that you'll be interested in? You know, I actually had a lot of fun doing it. And you're talking about when I was working with Russell Circus mostly. 
Um, and yeah. luckily, you know, Russell Circus was kind enough to let me attempt to do that. And I actually had a really good time working with Rich uh, there in Austin, Texas, doing the Russell Circus shows on Twitch. Um, you know, and it, it was definitely something I started to enjoy. And it was one of those things that, you know, if opportunities presented itself to do it on a more full-time basis and I could make a living at it, then I absolutely would consider doing something like that. You know, uh, I've talked to New Japan a couple times about the possibility of doing it on times when we're off. But as of right now, that hasn't happened. I'm hoping at some point in the future I'll get a chance to jump in on the English commentary and, you know, show the world on a more worldwide scale that, you know, what I can do as far as commentary yeah. is concerned. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, when that time comes, I would, I would actually enjoy it. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually, thinking about it, that, uh, you know, I think the the English commentating team is fantastic. It's usually Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Don Callis is doing more transitioning into uh, Impact since he's one of the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, top executives there uh, now in, 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 um, in Impact. So, you know... Mm-hmm. Perhaps uh, Kevin Kelly may uh, want, um, you know, a, a new dance partner, you know, uh, in, in the near future since uh, Callis is doing more transitioning out. So uh, maybe maybe there's a spot to, that, that could open for you in the in the coming years. Uh, like you said, right now, you, right now you're you're busy kicking people's head off and, and giving choke slams yep. uh, uh, to yep. doom. Uh, so I think I think right now you're all set in the ring and for people to continue to fear you fear you yeah absolutely you know i think the young boys or the young lions would be very happy if i went into commentary and got out of the ring because they're the ones that seem to <laughs> incur the wrath of the chokeslam more often than most yes <laughs> indeed indeed uh okay so we got some questions in here uh what's your um uh, uh calves or celtics <laughs> uh, i don't watch the nba there you go. Don't watch the NBA. Uh, here's another question. Is there a possibility that you can come to the WWE and go to NXT? Uh, you know, you always you always say never say never in this business. Uh, you know, if the situation was right, if the money was right, uh, you never know what could happen. But as of right now, I'm, I'm very happy with New Japan. I'm not looking to go anywhere. I'm looking to just continue to move forward with New Japan and keep proving myself both as a tag team wrestler and hopefully some more as a singles competitor. You know, that's interesting because uh, that is a answer that actually makes so much more sense now than it ever has uh, because, right. you know, life outside of WWE is booming so much and we're going to actually talk about this here later in the show about All In proof that you know, selling 10,000 seats within less than a half hour is just proof that life outside of WWE is stronger than it ever has been nowadays. And yep. people can make very, very good money, you know, and outside of WWE. And even sometimes, a lot of times, depending on your, uh, you know, particular status, more than you made in the WWE, you know, and it's, it's really interesting you know, pro wrestling nowadays is so interesting. Now, we can criticize it so much, and, you know, fans can criticize mm-hmm. it so much, and I think I, I think it has its just due with it, as far as criticism is concerned uh, within mm-hmm. WWE specifically. But, you know, it's like there's so many people, yourself included, uh, when you were Vance Archer, you know, in, D, in ECW, uh, mm-hmm. 
then compared to now, it's like night and day to me. You know what I mean? Because I watched oh, you yeah. then, I watched you, I, I watched you now, and it's like someone who was who had a short push in ECW, but you know, just kind of kind of recalculated your career. And when you left ECW, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in WWE, it's like the the, the life of Japan. And in the world of being in New Japan just kind of revived your career. We've seen that with many people nowadays. You know, it's funny because mm-hmm. the Young Bucks were recently in an interview, and they were asked about WWE. And of course, you know, a a typical answer is, and they and they mentioned this. Typical answer is, of course, you know, it would be cool to be in WWE. It'll, you know, um, it would have it. It would be that feeling that I was in the WWE. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm sure that you can attest to this as well it's not necessary anymore, you know, to be in the WWE because of, you know, uh, uh, you know, because of organizations like new Japan booming so much. And even on top of that booming and having more uh, relationships with the California market and United States, you know I mean? Of course we've got a cow palace event coming up. We had strong style evolved, you know, we had Mm -hmm. uh, the inaugural events, uh, uh, before, uh, you know, back uh, Independence Day last year, uh, the two-day uh, yeah. two-day uh, tournament for the U.S. Championship, Kenny Omega won. So, you know, New Japan's infiltrating, you know, talk about a, a, an invasion like Suzuki Goon did, you know, coming back to New mm-hmm. Japan. New Japan's invading the states, you know, and, and what are your thoughts on just, you know, the expansion of New Japan coming to the United States market? Yeah, I, you know, it's a testament, like you said, to the growth of professional wrestling as a whole. Um, guys are able to make livings and really good livings outside of what the traditional, uh, you know, in the last, you know, 20 years traditional format has been. And the only way to do that really was to be a part of WWE. Um, I think it's changed a lot because the fan base has started to enjoy professional wrestling not just from a WWE aspect, but they're seeing and looking for and enjoying wrestling from the independent level to shows like Ring of Honor, uh, you know, PWG out in California. You've got Wrestle Circus in Austin, Texas. You've got all these high-quality, high-profile independent wrestling shows, and then you go into the U.K., Uh, you know, the Japanese market, which has just gotten ridiculously good as far as New Japan is concerned. And New Japan, you know, is looking to branch and become a worldwide product. No no longer do they just want to be a Japanese product because the company itself, and I think a lot of people don't even understand that, has been around for nearly 50 years. You know, it was established in 1972. And it has existed. Yeah, it has existed in Japan since 1972. And it's just in the last couple of years started to really branch out and be seen by the world. So um, mm-hmm. their success in California, I think, is only going to continue to expand across the U.S. And you see ROH, which has existed for 15-plus years, and their strength, uh, excuse me, their market and their product has gotten stronger than it's ever been, I think, in the history of the company. Yep. Um, and then you've got shows yep. like All In, which are being produced by wrestlers themselves, being that the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny and those guys have come together, and they're, they're putting their money into this event, and it's exploded as it has. Like I said, a 10,000-seat arena sold out in under an hour. I mean, that's unprecedented as far as independent wrestling is concerned. That's exactly what it is. It's an independent wrestling show. 
Um, yep. So the strength of professional wrestling has really grown, I think, because the fan base is starting to just have fun watching professional wrestling again. You know, yes, they can be very critical and, you know, rightfully so at different times, but they're starting to just have fun instead of just seeing things and saying negative things and just going blah and not doing anything about it. They're actually going out and finding the wrestling they enjoy, following it, supporting it, and it's helping the business grow as a whole. Um, And it's really cool to see, you know, but you can't take away what WWE is doing, you know, just the recent – the, the TV deal they signed, a billion-dollar deal for five years with Fox. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> yeah. insane. You know, and the hope <laughs> is that other television networks can maybe see, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling or ROH in the States or whatever the case may be and say, you know what, we're going to invest our money in those products because they are doing well yes. and it's something different than WWE and we're going to trust that it's going to grow as well. And that's the hope is that that money can be spread around, not just to WWE, but to some of the other companies that are growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that 100%. And it would, re- it would be very, very interesting to see that, to see – you know, of course, Sinclair has done a fantastic job with ROH, and, um, you know, there was an expansion there uh, last year as well to cover more markets uh, as far as WGN and so forth is concerned. So, you know, kudos to that. You know, it will be really, really interesting to see, you know, a, a big entity, you know, uh, NBC, Universal, or, you know, Fox, or, you know, I mean, one of the big four to to really invest you know, in a deal with, with ROH and, and really allow, you know, the expansion to continue and really bring the competition of pro wrestling back. You know, it's, it's right. You know, back in the, back in the day, back in the, uh, uh, what is it? Monday night wars is what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the WCW, WWE, F days, um, it was it it was really gritty competition, you know. What I mean, and and with WWE, it it's like WWE is a clear cut number one, you know. What I mean, they've they've been that for you know seventeen years ever since WCW folded, really, <laughs> really a little bit of time before that too, because they after the wars WWE started winning consecutive weeks and it was pretty much over with, but you know it, nowadays I don't I don't know if we'll ever see a WCW style competition come with WWE. However, with the expansion of New Japan, with Mark Cuban, uh, you know, being interested, uh, Access TV and things like that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Cuban, I think, I think as far as uh, net worth, I believe he's, I believe he's uh, a few billion dollars more net worth than Vince McMahon is. So he has the money. You know, he has the money to right. do it, uh, and, you know, they're buying time to, to air New Japan matches now on Access. So, you know, there's interest there, you know, to bring it back. So, got a bunch of questions oh, yeah. about uh, your time with Impact Wrestling. Um, okay. So, was was the Rock and Rave Infection? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rock and Rave Infection. So, uh, yeah. got a bunch of uh, – uh, got a bunch of people alluding to your days in, uh, in Impact Wrestling. What were your so what's your overall right. thoughts as far as just uh, yeah I'm I'm here. Are you there? No, I'm here. I'm I'm just agreeing with me what playing? you're saying. I'm, I'm waiting for the question. Oh, I thought you said, "Are you there?" <laughs> okay, got you. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, people saying I missed that team rock and rave. 
What were your overall thoughts of uh, just your time in, in TNA that you spent there? I know there was a lot of times it was, it was with Jimmy Ray, even Christy Hemme is when you became uh, most popular uh, in the in TNA at that time. Uh, just what are your thoughts of just Impact Wrestling? And, of course, you working with Don Callis in New Japan as an English announcer, but he's doing most of you know his English work, I mean, his American work with, with Impact now. What do you think about just the your time in, in, in Impact Wrestling and just kind of a possible Impact New Japan type of working together? Um, you know, as far as my time in in Impact, or it was TNA when I was there. Um, you know, and I was there for five years, kind of from the mm-hmm. earliest stages that was TNA, from when we were just doing the Asylum in Nashville. Uh, on the weekly pay-per-view situation on Wednesday nights to when we did our first, you know, impact take, impact taping in Orlando when we were on Fox Sports Network to when we first did our, you know, started our first three-hour pay-per-view situations, all the first of the pay-per-views that we were doing, the Bound for Glories, then the uh, um, uh, lockdowns, the, you know, all of Slammiversaries, every one of those that were the initial stages of that, I was all a part of that. Uh, and then it was a company in, in growth, you know, but the one thing that a lot of us that were trying to be homegrown talents that didn't have a name coming from the old WWE, WWF days uh, had with the company, there were several guys, you know, obviously your AJ Styles uh, and your abysses and guys like that were, were kind of mainstays, obviously, and, and rightfully so, but there were a lot of guys like myself, you know, you said the the Rock and Rave was my most popular time there and I would argue that and say that my Horda Mania days were probably my most popular time there. Rock and Rave was a lot of fun and I think they could have done a lot more with it but you know there was a lot of different times and entries that I had an impact and I had a great time and learned a ton working for that company um, a lot of what not to do and how to protect myself more than anything but you know it was company and growth and a lot of times they would take the homegrown talent and go hey, we're taking this next step forward, so we're going to step back from you and lean on guys that have made names in other places. And me and many of the other guys that were trying to become stars in the business ourselves felt like that was the wrong direction. It's not like they couldn't come into the company, but the fact that like myself and several other talents, and I'll leave names out of it because they can speak for themselves, you know, we were put on the back burners, and it was like – why are we being put on the back burners? We're the ones that have been here and gotten to this point. Now all of a sudden you're taking a step forward and saying, you're not the ones to help us move forward. So we didn't particularly yeah. like that at that time, but you know, that's the business. I understand it to a degree. Um, I believe that those mistakes were some of the reasons that the company started to really drop off. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately they're fighting an uphill battle right now, you know, with you're talking about Don Gallus and Scott Demore, who's back with the company and helping it grow again. Um, they're fighting an uphill battle, but they're doing it, I think, in the right way now. I think that they're working with a lot of talent that have a little bit of name value from the independent days and maybe worked in a couple other places, but they're really trying to build their own star base, which is great. I think that's the direction the company needs to go. I think if you watch their product now, you see some really, really, really good wrestling on impact wrestling but unfortunately a lot of people have a sour taste in their mouth about what it used to be and it's not even the same product anymore um so i hope and i challenge the fan base who are giving uh all of professional wrestling a chance to go back and give impact a chance because i think it's doing good things as far as a relationship between 
impact in, in New Japan? I don't know. Um, you know, it's always one of those things that Don is with us on the uh, English commentary. Um, and he is in the office of impact. So there's that bridge that could exist there. Um, but I think it's going to take time because, you know, there was, again, between the companies, a little bit of bad blood because of how they treated talents that New Japan had sent over there back in the past, mainly uh, speaking of Okada. So, unfortunately, in this business, you know, I deal with it all the time that people, even though I'm doing what I'm doing in New Japan and have been doing it for nearly seven years now, and, and me and Smith have been kicking butt since 2012 as a tag team, people still look back on my TNA days and or my very mm. short and more or less failed WWE time. And it's just kind of funny that people see that and that's all they think about is the past, not what's going on in the present yeah. and what the possibility is for the future, simply because that's what they remember. You know, you bring it up with the fans that are asking questions about the Rocket Rays investment. I enjoyed that time, but that was a very long time ago for me in my career. Um, I'm a very different yeah. person. I work and fight in a very different manner. I've been doing a lot of interesting big things, you know, within a company that is growing and becoming a worldwide company. And it's hard getting past those preconceived notions. And I think that exists within the business side of professional wrestling as well. So when you ask if there's a chance between Impact and, and New Japan, I say yes. In this business, there's always a chance, but it's going to take some time for both sides to go, okay, we're ready to do this and move forward together. Fantastic. I totally agree. Last question. Uh, it says, uh, would you ever see ROH in New Japan going mainstream like WWE and Impact Wrestling? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to a degree, they are mainstream. I, mean, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting yeah. question. And that in itself is a testament to how they're seeing the products. You know, like you're talking about, New Japan is on Access TV, you know, which is owned by Mark Cuban. It grows and gets bigger and stronger every time that it's out there. ROH with the yep. Sinclair product, and it's syndicated in different markets, but it's out there. So it is going mainstream. It's just that a mainstream is yep. not like uh, WWE, which obviously WWE has the market value, which is why Fox would throw a billion dollars at them. Because they're looking at advertisement. They're not looking at wrestling. They're just saying that exactly. WWE's product is strong enough to carry the advertising that Fox will want to sell, and they're willing to put out a billion dollars to the company. The hope and desire is that they'll see that same value in companies like New Japan or ROH or whatever the case may be moving forward into the future. Um, so, yeah, the, those companies are mainstream right now, but the hope is that they become more mainstream like WWE. So I definitely can see it happen. Yep. Yep. I absolutely agree with that. Well, Lance, I guess I have one more question for you personally that I'm I'm wondering about cool. as we're talking. Uh, right. So you and you and Davey Jr. are doing fantastic as a tag team. The Killer Elite Squad is absolutely – uh, bananas in the Japan market, uh, and even you know American market. When you uh, come and invade ROH and uh, and do mm-hmm. some choke slams, some kicks, some heads off. Um, mm-hmm. So you, as Lance Archer, is uh, you know becoming a big name. We talked we talked to in New Orleans about just uh, your uh, your your uh, impact in Japan and how your merch mm-hmm. sells like crazy and. 
uh, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Just, just, just uh, one of these days, maybe that Lance Archer mm-hmm. becomes breaks away from the Killer Elite Squad, becomes this huge mm-hmm. name in Japan, and mm-hmm. and wins the never uh, the never title or the Intercontinental title, or even bigger, uh, the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Have you ever mm-hmm. thought about that in your career? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not even a point of breaking away from Killer Elite Squad. It's just finding our own path. You know, I mean, I, I think in wrestling, a lot of times you have good and strong, successful tag teams, and there's always that big split, that big breakup, that big separation, and guys go their separate ways. And, you know, I think Smith and I are a unique entity in the fact that I believe both of us could be singles stars as long as, as well as being uh, tag team stars. And, you know, if and when it comes to a time when he or I or both of us, you know, at the same time go on our own directions, we don't actually have to break the team up in the sense of, you know, we're going after each other or fighting each other. But I think that we can both find single success just as we found tag team success. But, you know, a lot of that is on the company to make the decision to give us those opportunities. And, you know, right now that's a hard thing to do, you know, when you start talking about the business of professional wrestling. The company sees us as the killer lead squad, as that strong tag team. Um, so, you know, getting them to think about us as separate and single entities, you know, going for the Neville title, going for the IC title, going for the IWG heavyweight title, it's a hard thing to do sometimes when you talk about the inner workings of the business in professional wrestling. And right now, you know, they are not seeing us in that aspect. They're just seeing us as the tag team, which is good, but we'd like an opportunity to prove ourselves as singles competitors as a, 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 along with being the strong tag team we've always been since, you know, going back to 2012. Agreed, agreed. Now, you were in the G1 tag in, in 2011 uh, with Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've never mm-hmm. been in the G1 singles, right? No, no, I've been in the, I've been in the singles. I, I wrestled the, the G1 four years in a row, and then we went to Noah, uh, but I haven't been in since then. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that was, you went to Noah what year? Uh, 2015-2016. And they all came back at the New Year's Dash, right? 2017, yep. And then I had my injury and yeah. was out for seven months. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, Lance, it's been a pleasure as always, man. Uh, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you, uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, you too. We'll, we have so much more to talk about. Uh, thank you so much for your interaction with Lance Archer. Uh, thank you, Lance, for availing your time as always, man. And, uh, Ichiban number one, my brother. Thank you, man. And, you know, if people want to reach out and check me out, follow me on Twitter. It's at Lance Hoyt or my public Facebook page, Lance Hoyt, or Instagram, Lance underscore Hoyt. Or if they're interested in getting some cool Killer Elite Squad gear, check out KillerEliteSquad.com. Absolutely. And um, will you have this weekend's event on your Twitter and Facebook, or is there a website to go to for that? Um, I'm sure World Class Revolution uh, has their own website, but I've already promoted it a couple times, and I'll continue to do so all the way into the event on Saturday. Sounds good. Been a pleasure, Lance, as always. Thanks, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, man. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.
Man, Lance Hort as always, Lance Archer. Um always a pleasure to talk to him, man. He's a great guy. Uh we've been cool for a while. Um uh just through, you know, social media. He's been on the show. This is his third time on the show. Uh and then met him first uh in person. For I mean, we've communicated plenty of times. Uh met him in person for the first time at WrestleMania weekend. Interviewed him on the wrestling Facebook uh page. Actually, he's my fourth time interviewing him. The third time being on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Um we got to talk a few times uh, in New Orleans and uh man, just just a a great humble guy and and it's one of those people for people who are actually Lance Archer fans, big fans of New Japan and fans of Lance Archer, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of people say, never meet your hero, so to speak. And uh, so for those who are big addicts of uh, Lance Archer and, and Suzuki Goon and, and New Japan, um, you know, Lance is a great person to meet, humble uh, very, very, uh, very proud of being in the business and uh, just really doing a fantastic job kind of reiterating and just kind of re um, uh, just, just kind of reestablishing his career for the past uh, few years. Um, so yeah, just uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, and, and Lance, of course, follow him at Lance Hoyt. He'll be uh, doing some work this weekend, May 26th for world class revolution i believe world class revolution wrestling uh i believe it's that or revolution re- world class re- re- revolution pro wrestling something in those uh facilities something in that nature go to lance's page to see what exactly what it is uh and go and, and support if you live nearby all right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some trivia. It's time for some uh, headlines. It's time for some Raw and SmackDown review, of course, uh, with my buddy, uh, great uh, co-host with the most. He is Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Evan Tech Proud, how are you doing tonight? Uh, hey, brother, I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, brother. Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. Meeting right now, driving with a little Bluetooth issues. I'm here, feeling okay. How you feeling? I'm doing fantastic, man. Doing fantastic. We got a uh, a very we got we got a we got a good one for you tonight, uh, dog. Uh, so we got we got so much yeah. to talk about. Um, yes. Yeah, as always. Man, man, so, uh, man yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big he gotta out, be like man. nine he has to be nine feet tall. We just talking to him last year. Other than Christ, uh, yeah, uh, he he's 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 a tall guy. I'm six one, and he's a six eight, six nine. Um, he we when we were talking uh, in New Orleans uh, during WrestleMania weekend, I knew that he was tall. Um, uh, we do it for you. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, big cast size. I've never met Big Cass in person. I've seen him in person, I think. I've never talked to him in person. Uh but but Lance, you know, he's he's huge. Um big tall guy. But it you know, it's funny because uh <laughs> being around so many wrestlers the um during WrestleMania weekend, I, I interviewed um 
who did I interviewed Archer, I interviewed uh, Garza Jr., I interviewed Billy Gunn, I interviewed uh, one of the boys, uh, Dalton Castle's boys. Uh, I might be missing one or two. Um, but it, it's very, very interesting that, like I said, I'm six one, so I'm just, what, like three or four inches above average, you know, um, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that so many wrestlers are a lot shorter than, than I thought, you know, it's, exactly. it's uh, very interesting, I can name very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, I can name a few, cause you know, I was hanging around. Yeah, I know you were that short. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. I was like, I know you were that short. Like I interviewed, oh, Teddy Hart. I interviewed Teddy Hart too. Um, and yeah, yeah that was, height. I think he's my height. I'm 5'9". I'm 5'9". He's, he's, I think I had him by a couple inches. I ran into him in the elevator. I was like, hey, brother. Yeah, Teddy Hart. Yeah, he's smaller than I thought he was. Um, but yeah, when Child I interviewed Teddy Hart, uh, he, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. He, he was, Go go to Russell Zone's videos and you'll see my my interview with uh, Teddy Hart. Uh, man, you know I've, I've listened to a, probably one or two of his shoot interviews, maybe even three. Uh, yeah. You know he he he, he um, he's very high in the profanity department. I don't like to indulge my ears with that. Uh, but you know he uh, <laughs> he 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 was like calm. You know, he was he was calm when I interviewed him at first. Like the the beginning of the interview was calm, and then he went into Teddy Hart mode. Like he just he just went full on Teddy Hart and just started going on and on and just started talking about how much I should be a wrestler because we were actually um, actually I was doing some work. Funny, very interesting. I was doing work uh, for the promotion that Hoyt was. Uh, competing in. That's the first time I met him, and I met him again. And now, the first time I was talking to him, and I talked to him again um, at the House of Hardcore event. Um, I talked to Sammy Callahan too. Uh, actually, uh, we're supposed to be getting something together with Callahan to get him on on the show. Love a good soon. guy. Uh, but Love a good guy. Uh, yeah, Callahan. Callahan's funny. <laughs> I talked to Callahan. I can't. Uh, uh, yeah, he was, I can't see on air. Did the joke he? Uh, he was uh, ribbing me uh, in your rings with, uh, with Swan. Somebody to inbox me. But, uh, he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very interesting. I saw Rich Swan, uh, and he, him and Sue Young were, like, in the super-duper cut um, at Wale Mania. I was covering the uh, Mark Henry interview, and uh, I saw a bunch of people. I talked to Moose. I talked to Sanjay Dead. But uh, I met him in person for the first time, and he remembered me. He's been on the show twice, and he remembered being on the show. Um, uh, Moose, uh, uh, Sanjay, Eddie Edwards. I talked to Eddie Edwards, um, and uh, I was gonna I was gonna talk to Rich Swan, but he was like super in the cut, and he like he him and Sue Young were like to the point where it seemed like they didn't even want to uh be noticed so it's you know me as a journalist i'm always looking yeah yeah it's what me as a journalist you know i'm always looking for like the next story or the next interview to get that you know to get that moment yeah it's that's just the life of a journalist you're i was just talking to 
uh, someone today, a former WWE wrestler, and uh, you know, I was I was telling them that uh, the journalist's minds run a thousand, uh, you know, a, yeah, exactly. a, a thousand a miles a minute, miles per hour. Yeah, we never and, stop. Yeah, nonstop, nonstop, absolutely. And I was, you know, part of me was like, oh, there's a fantastic interview. Go up to Rich Swan. And then the other part of me was saying that he probably wouldn't accept the interview because him because he was like really trying to be uh, in the cut, really trying to be incognito with the young. So and, I, and there were some people that he, yeah. I'm sure you heard. There were some people saying, "Isn't that Rich Swan?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's Rich Swan." Uh, but you know, uh, speaking of Rich, speaking of Rich Swan, that dude is short. <laughs> he is super. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore I'll say this publicly. Yeah, I'll say this publicly. Uh, I don't think I've ever told you this, but it's on this legit. I've actually talked to Rich for an hour at WrestleMania weekend because me and Rich Swan are cousins. So I never told anybody that. So I'm known Rich. Oh, nice. Um, we got to talk for a bit because the family were cousins. And we're not like six or seven cousins. We're actually pretty close. So I've, I've been known for a while. I never told anybody. But Rich is like that. Rich doesn't like being noticed. That's his personality. He's trying to be low-key, even, you know, with everything at the WWE. He's nice to say, yeah. but he's one of those guys, like, hey, how you doing? I got to talk to him for hours with his family. That's the only reason why. Mm-hmm. You know, other people was coming up to him saying hi. He said hi, and then a couple times we kind of moved away to, like, a quiet spot. That's when Sammy, Sammy Callahan came in and him and we talked with your buddy. And I ended up uh, joking around with this. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was only been 10. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. and I'll say yeah. it's your health nut. Um, Sanjay Dutt, on my show a couple times, your buddy of mine, he actually got me into these vegan cookies. You can get them at 7-Eleven. This is his favorite. I think it's called um, Something Brothers Cookies. They're 100% vegan, but they're really good. Um, they're like Something Brothers. I have to look it up. I'll, um, 100% vegan. They're oatmeal raisin, chocolate chip. He talked about it on my show, but uh, when I saw him over the weekend, I was like, Cousin Gee Brother. I never thought I'd be liking any vegan cookies, but Cousin Gee is rich. Is Rich like, is he full vegan? Rich isn't. Um, um, Sanjay Dutt, I'm sorry. Sanjay Dutt is full vegan. Oh, Sanjay. Um, that's who got me into cooking. Yeah, I think Sanjay oh, okay. is. Um, Sanjay is. Rich Swan, oh. he, he's like, uh, he just eats. I'm sorry, I said Rich Swan. Uh, Rich Swan isn't vegan at all. Uh, Sanjay Dutt is pretty close to vegan. I know Austin Aries is 100%. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Austin, Austin Aries is, uh, you know, read his Twitter and you'll see how vegan he is. Uh, before, he's a spokesperson. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, in Chavo Guerrero, uh, I, I was good friends with Singer before he passed, but. Chavo was another one, man. I was like, wow, I, I didn't know he was that short. <laughs> yeah, so, man, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I talked to Chavo last year, and uh, yeah, short guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was short. Like, um, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you know, I've talked Christopher Daniels, buddy of mine. He's been on the show uh, a couple times, and uh, he was shorter than I thought he was. Um, uh, I was talking to Jay Lethal. Uh, took. Uh, um, Check out the uh, – uh, I put it on my Facebook. I was talking to Jay Lethal and took a picture with him. 
Uh, Jay Lethal's been on the show here uh, before too, and um, he's short, short guy. Um, I met uh, um, Mark Briscoe. Uh, he's uh, Jay is short too, and uh, it's, it was shorter than uh-huh. I thought. I, you know, shorter than I thought. I'll say. Um, I tell you, I tell you who else was shorter, a lot shorter than I thought was um, uh, Silas Young. Silas Young was a lot shorter than I thought. Oh yeah, was, uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, I go, I go to ROH events all the time uh, when it comes here, and there uh, was one time that uh, he was at an ROH event. I was right next to him. He was coming from. I was right next to the. I was like right next to the aisle, and he was coming. He was coming from the aisle. Like I think he was doing a run in, and he had a hat on. So he was like trying to be, you know, uh, uh, inconspicuous uh, doing the run in, and I was like is that Silas Young? And then, you know, then he went in the ring. I was like, that is Silas Young. He's a lot shorter than I thought he was. Um, got a bunch of interaction here. Um, uh, what do you think? Dustin's asking, what do you think is Enzo's next career path? He's been ghost on social media. Well, the reason why he was ghost on social media is because, you know, it, it, it it's like this all the time. You know, it's like when you, uh, or when you're a part of some type of uh, saga, uh, trial, uh, when you're indicted, when you're a victim, when you're a suspect, uh, any any of that, any social media um, conversations, any social media trans uh, interactions, any of that stuff can be counted as evidence. So I'm about to become a doctor in forensic psychology, and so we I took. I've I've done with classes. I'm I'm in my dissertation right now, about to become a doctor. And uh, uh, Dustin says his trials his trials been over. It's, no, no, it's not been over. It was just uh, the announcement last week that it was cleared of charges. So I think uh, I think the 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 police. I think I think it was Phoenix Police, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they just made the announcement last week. So um, any of that stuff. You know, based on the the announcement, now he's making um, more. You know, media. He's making having a bigger media presence now. He's talking about he's going to have some type of uh, thing going on Monday night. So he's making a more of a media presence now. But um, none of that. I mean, you're you're ghost town. Rich Swan was the same way. You know, when he was uh, uh, when he was going through. You know, his his thing was Sue Young. Uh, you know, no social media, and because any of that, you know, any of that can be used against you. Um, so, um, but you know, he's cleared of all charges now. I can't make the comment of, you know, just because, like I said, I'm about to become a part of the. I'm well. I'm I'm versed on a doctoral level as far as the court system is concerned, because I'm, uh, you know, about to be a doctor in the forensic field, and. You know, of course, just because you're deemed not guilty doesn't mean you didn't do it. You know what I mean? So there's just a lot of times it just means that you don't, there's not enough evidence, you know, that you, that you did it. So I don't know, you know, I, I don't know, like I, we've talked about this on the show before. There were a lot of, there were a lot of gaps uh, in, in the uh, victims, uh, the alleged victims story uh, from me. It's, I mean, there are a lot of gaps, but I don't know. So I, I can't make that comment to to, to know uh, what happened or not. But as, as from a legal standpoint, uh, he's not guilty. Uh, 
Uh, all right, so we're about to do some trivia. We're gonna skim. We're gonna skim through the headlines today for the sake of time. Uh, at the end of, uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna skim through Raw and SmackDown as well. Uh, be sure to give your thoughts on uh, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, the flavor of the week this week at the end of the show is, and of course, uh, be interactive on the uh, YouTube live as well. If you can recruit five people from New Japan right now. Uh, so we're going to stay in the new, the new Japan vibe since we had Lance Archer on the show tonight. If uh, if if you want to, if you can recruit five people right now, you were you were a recruiter for the WWE. If you could, re, you you are the William Regal of the WWE. So you go to a New Japan event, WWE uh, Triple H is saying, hey, recruit five people from the WWE, talk to them, get some contracts, this and that. Any five people in New Japan right now, who would it be? Who's your top five? So, uh, Evan and I at the end of the show, uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that one. It says first automatic. Uh, yes, I agree with I agree with that one. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, so, uh, for sure, uh, that, that should be very fun, the top five people that you recruit right now from New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, first trivia question before we go into the headlines. Uh, we got some loose-end trivia questions from a couple weeks back before we get to the really, really fun ones, the really just odd, random ones. I'm going back to the random trivia questions like I used to back in the day. Random as ever trivia questions, so be on your, be on your toes for sure. Uh, good choices, Dustin. Uh, uh, bring those back at the end of the show, and I'll read them. Um, because those are some great choices. Uh, who did Drew McIntyre lose the Intercontinental Championship to in 2010? Who did Drew McIntyre lose the Intercontinental Championship to in 2010? Man, I tell you, I am a uh, um, – uh, good choices, Ryan. Bring those up back again at the end of the show. Uh, those are good choices as well. Um, Drew McIntyre, man, I um, I think that he is killing it. I think that he's killing it, man. I, I think that he, you know, it's funny because I've had him, yeah, on, I've had him on the show before too, and uh, I, I was one of the, yeah. I was one of the people who had the show. show last before. Yeah, it was his show before. Uh, I was one of the last people to have him on the show before going back to WVE and we talked off air too. So I knew, a, I knew a few things, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really interesting um, the, to, to see just the migration of McIntyre eight years ago, who was super slim. You know what I mean? He was, he was tall and slinky. Good job. Good job at the Mo 85. Kofi Kingston, Kofi, Kofi Kingston, um, tall and slinky, Drew McIntyre. Now that guy is like a brick wall. <laughs> he's just, uh, he's another person, and like in muscle, you know what I mean? Just uh-huh. a, a brand new person, and like thirty pounds of muscle uh, has been added to him ever since uh, WWE 2010. Man, he is, um, he's got the look. He's got amazing. I, I really like his music. Uh, I've always liked the Claymore uh, finisher. Um, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, um, I've, I've been. 
been a big fan of the Claymore. Uh, he's got he's got he, everything, man. Um, I'm glad they brought him back he, as a heel. Um, you know, in in the um, he was a face in NXT, but I'm glad that they brought him yeah. back as a heel. Uh, he's great. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah, he's he's he's, he's, he's got he everything great. checked I, out. I got the um, ironically, me and me and Mel, my, my girlfriend, we actually flew from from New Orleans to a for, from New Orleans to was it Dallas? No, it was in Tampa Bay. What part of Texas was it? Um, it was a layover. Anyway, the plane from New Orleans to Texas, Drew McIntyre was on the same plane as us. He was a nice guy. We spoke. Oh, nice. He asked us for a picture. He asked us for a picture. Just, you know, just talking. He, you know, he recognized who I was, and I told him uh, he knew who you were and who I was. And, you know, a lot of people see him. He said, hi. He, was, he, was, he just was a nice person. He looked huge. He looked jacked. Oh, yeah. And it's all natural. You can tell it wasn't you no know, voids. It wasn't any juice. Um, he looks right. amazing compared. I, I thought I was. He was always on my radar when he went to TNA when he had that great feud with Bobby yeah. Ashley, which a lot of people oh, yeah. dismissed that. You know, the Claymore finisher, and, and he had a he had a great run. And um, your show you know, uh, was the was the last show to interview before you yeah. next the next week. Yep, it's it's funny because a lot of people uh, has you know there's some some there's some really cool. Good names. We might even do this as a flair of the week. The top five people who's who use TNA as a uh, kind of kind of like a uh, growing ground uh, to have a better WWE career, you know. And it's and Drew's Drew's on the, one of the top of the list. Of course, Lashley probably is the top. You know, there's a couple other names, but Drew in, in, the, in the recent history, Drew McIntyre and. Uh, Bobby Lashley are like the top two who, uh, you know, re- was released from WWE. Lashley's release was that was one of that was one of his things. Um, that was his deal, you know, because uh, Vince was very high on Bobby Lashley. Um, but you know, basically, it's people who have left WWE. And then went to TNA, and then was so good in TNA that WWE brought him back. And uh, Cody and, and Lashley are really, you know, the the top two that uh, really grew their stock like crazy um, in in uh, TNA so much that WWE was interested in bringing them back. Uh, so very interesting stuff. Next question. At what paper? Yes, Christian did do it. He was that. He was one of my choices. Um, at what pay per view did Eddie Guerrero win the WWE Championship? At what pay per view did Eddie Guerrero win the WWE Championship? Man, already, no way out, two thousand four. Ha <laughs> ha, nice man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mo is uh he's killing it tonight. He's killing it. Seen that live. Yes, that was one of my favorite favorite main events of all time. One of my favorite main events of all time was Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar. I uh, I I'm a sucker for um underdog uh uh world champion wins. I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for when Steamboat beats 
uh, Ric Flair at uh, Chi-Town 89. Well, it was Chi-Town 89, wasn't it? Um, I'm a sucker for when Ron Simmons beat Vader, you know. Uh, and and those 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 moments where you know was you uh were you a sucker for when Devon Douglas pinned Triple H on SmackDown? Uh, no, that wasn't the world title <laughs> win. I'm a sucker for. I know that just took you. <laughs> that almost got you a buzzer. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 when, when Daniel. When Rick Flair beat Barry Windham with the ugliest crossbody in history on that slam break, <laughs> yeah. you'll suffer for that. Yeah, it was kind of. Oh kinda man, like a, uh, just kind of. That match was horrible. Uh, he was like, oh, uh, like he was a. It was like a lazy crossbody, like like just kind of leaning on. Kind of fell on him. <laughs> oh. oh man, so if you listen, please watch that match. Barry went up against Flair. It was yes. Slambury 93, 94, <laughs> Yeah, oh, that man. was hilarious. Um, he was on a roll. Daniel Bryan, when he won the title for the first time, I see another comment here that was really, really good. Uh, yeah, the, the the Eddie Guerrero celebration, that was fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, Eddie Guerrero, man, he's, he will always be missed. He's one of the he's one of the all time greats, and um, and it's so sad because uh, based on you know the uh, the talks at the time, uh, Eddie Guerrero's uh, he he was on he, he was uh, pinged to 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 win the title again. So very sad, very sad because I would have loved to see Guerrero as champ again. That would have been amazing. He is he is a legend. He is. Um, I'm so glad that he's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, so I'm so glad that I got to experience um, the time I got to experience the main event times of Eddie Guerrero, and even even you know his journey, you know even even teaming with Art Bar, you know back in the day when worlds collide, you know uh, even uh, even the time when he was. You know, just a, a cruiserweight in the WW in WCW, uh, his ECW days, uh, even the time the, the the LWO, and just the migration as a main eventer in the WWE time. You know, uh, Los Guerreros. Uh, there's there's so you know there's there's so much of a journey. I wrote an article years ago in Bleach Report uh, about Eddie Guerrero and. Um, Type if you're if you're Google Google Chris Featherstone Eddie Guerrero and I'm sure that you'll see that um, article I wrote uh, years ago about Eddie Guerrero when he actually uh, um, I think it was celebrating uh, it was like an anniversary of his passing and I wrote an article about him so it was go check that out next question what years did Bob Backlund win his WWE championships how about that. What years did Bob Backlund win his WWE championships? I'm sure that's a difficult one. All right, so we got some headlines. Let's get through these headlines. Uh, uh, we've had so much fun that uh, <laughs> uh, we got uh, some headlines, so we're going to have to skip them through. Uh, I got a question. What do you think? Would he be an NXT coach today or still wrestle? That's a good question. Well, I'll, answer that. I'll answer that. Uh do you think Eddie Guerrero would be an NXT coach today or still wrestle? That's a fantastic he, uh, question. Eddie would either uh, still be wrestling or 
I think he actually would be a coach because he, he loves the business so much. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'll answer that on the uh, other side of the uh, headlines. So, uh, we'll be right back. Here we go. Okay, so Ed Guerrero will be – how old will he be at this point? Let's see. Hmm. Eddie Guerrero, he was born, so he died, he was 38 when he died in 2005, so 51, he was born uh, October 9th, 1967, so he would be 51 in October, okay, so 51, I don't think he'd be wrestling anymore at 51. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he'd be a coach. I mean, 51 is in. Look at Stinger. I'm going to take Maybe he's in part-time. Yeah, but the thing is, the the thing is, with Sting and Taker, they are so larger-than-life characters, you know, that because um, Undertaker is, I think, 52 right now. I think he... 50, or he might even be 53 now. I think he was born in 65. Someone looked that up for me. Um, I think Undertaker was born in 65, if I'm not mistaken. So that would make him uh, 53. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yes. March 24th, 1965. So he's 53 years old. Um, but, you know, he wrestles once wanna... a year. Well, he, wrestled, he wrestled twice this year. Uh, with Eddie Guerrero... See the thing is with uh, with names like that, it, you you have to be kind of larger than life characters to like make yeah, the it name is so, worth so, it. The name is so, so. Yeah, you know, and it's like Sting and Taker are like they're like they're like the characters who are like timeless. You know what I mean? Like they have that type of yeah, presence. Exactly. I mean, with the I mean, this year's Taker was like old school. You know, Taker. You look, yeah, you look fantastic, right? Is. Yeah, we were a stone's right. throw away from him when he was coming down the ramp, and we saw him up close. And Taker was—he looked great. Uh, he looked great. Definitely happy for him to become, uh, you know, a transformation uh, and get back in shape because the past few years, it's like, man, he's lost his mystique, you know, because yeah, uh, because old man of, Logan. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. like old man Logan. Right. <laughs> Saying that I'm currently driving. Currently driving, uh, driving in my truck on my way back. I don't know if you hear any noise. No apologize for it. But go ahead. No, no worries. No worries. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, you know Sting and Taker have timeless characters. Eddie Guerrero doesn't. You know, I mean, he doesn't have that timeless yeah, gimmick. Yeah, good point. So I think at fifty, yeah, I think at fifty-one, I think he'd probably be in the. I think he'd be a coach at this point. So. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Yes. So March twenty fourth, nineteen sixty five, at fifty three years old is the un- the Undertaker. All right, so we got so much to talk about with these headlines. We only got a, a very short time to do it before we get to the Raw and SmackDown uh review and the flavor of the week. Uh uh man, you know, I hate to bring it I hate to bring it the moment to be somber, but uh uh, this is uh, so serious to me. I've chatted with him uh, on a few occasions uh, last year and over the past couple of years. 
Um, we were trying to line up some schedule. We were trying to line up the schedule for him to be on my show, I think, a, a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, he Because he, he was doing so much work with OVW. Um, nice guy from, from my, my interactions with him. Very nice guy. Um, but uh, it's it's so sad. It's so sad because I've, I've written three articles on him uh, just about just, you know, just giving people the process. I wrote an article uh, back in the summer of 2017. I wrote an article on Wrestling Inc. in December of 2017. And I just wrote an article uh, today about it. Um, uh, Matt's wife, Lindsay Matt Capitelli, former t- uh, Tough Enough winner Matt Capitelli, uh, former OVW heavyweight champion. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah. you know, it's it's really tough because I was I was I, I was getting emotional when I was reading uh, Matt Capitelli, <clears throat> uh, Tough Enough winner season three with John Hennigan. Um, yeah, I read the way I read the too. Yeah, someone was asking who uh, um man, just uh so sad. Uh, he had so much promise. He won tough enough uh, season 3. He went to OVW and did very well there. Uh won the the heavyweight championship in OVW. Um and it, it was a couple years after he won tough enough that uh you know, he was having some symptoms. Uh, basically, he was training with Al Snow. He was begging Al Snow. Al Snow said this. Um, he, he was begging him not to uh, go to the hospital, but, you know, it was one of those things that he was having so much symptoms that uh, it was the best idea. It was, it was just he really didn't have any choice but to go to the hospital. They found that he had a brain tumor. Um, back in two, So he had a forfeit his championship in 2006. Uh, yeah. they, the surgery was successful back then uh they took away most of the tumor save about 10 percent, i believe um then uh unfortunately 10 years later matt uh, gave us uh, an update on facebook that um the the tumor grew back uh large and more much more aggressive than it did when they um when they removed it uh, so yeah, like a uh, the condition was um, I don't remember what it's called grade grade four. Uh, I don't even want to mess it something up. Something like that. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, it's grade four something. I don't remember what exactly what it's called. But, uh, I'll probably look it up. Um, it, was, it was called a grade four something. I don't remember. I, I'll, I'll look it up here in a minute. Uh, but. That basically was so that was so bad that um, <clears throat> you know doctors said that you know that uh, uh, can never be treated uh, properly, uh, and they also were talking about um, how uh, they, they also was talking about how five percent of people with the same type of uh, uh tumor and in, in, in form of cancer uh survive within five years so he had a surgery um that was successful but there was still a part uh of it that was inoperable and that was the right. one you know there was uh, there was afraid that it was close to his brain stem 
and then end up turning like really, really bad. Um, and nowadays, um, you know, Lindsay, it was called a, I'm looking it up now, a grade four, um, <clears throat> glioblastoma. That's what a grade four glioblastoma tumor. So it's considered the deadliest form of cancer that has never been defeated. So, so now he has terminal cancer. Uh, so uh, his, his wife, Lindsay, wrote a blog. So a heartbreaking update. So emotional, man. Um, yeah. 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 So I would I would encourage everyone to read Lindsay's blog, Matt's wife. Um, you know, just, uh, he, you know, she, she spoke so highly of, uh, of Matt and was talking about how optimistic he is and was throughout the whole process. He's still positive, even in, you know, having cancer. And it's just so sad, you know, I'm not going to read all the blog, but you know, she says, I'm going to read a, per- a portion of it. She says, I don't know how much longer we have left. So I'm just loving him and kissing him and encouraging him with my words. I hope and reading the Bible to him at night, making sure that he knows that it'll be okay. I mean, it's, that's the gist of it, uh, and uh, our, our, you know, my, my prayers, you know, I can think about I can say my thoughts, I can think about it as much as I can, but uh, my prayers, you know, are with uh, the family of, uh, with Matt and his family. He's not, he's not gone from us yet, so there's still hope, and um, really wish that, uh, um, I really wish that he can, you know, he can pull through it, and uh I, I don't want him to suffer any more pain. Uh, so uh, if that if that means that uh, he'll be pain-free here and he'll be miraculously healed or he'll be pain-free on the other side, and I'll, be, I'll get to uh, wine and dine with kings and queens in the big house upstairs, baby. Uh, if I get to do that with him... Um, yeah. Uh, on the other side, you know, uh, pain free. I just, I just, I just hope and pray that whatever it is, he'll be pain free. Because uh, the the, the state so. that he's in is, is so sad, you know. And uh, my 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 hope is that uh, he'll pull he'll pull through it miraculously. You know, I mean, it's the doctor can say one thing and and and, and the diagnosis, but God says another. So um, I'm definitely. Definitely praying for him, man. Um, and it's really sad. It's really heartbreaking. It's really sombering. Um, but uh, we, we, you know, we, we here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show, uh, we are praying that he pulls through it, and the Capitelli family will continue to surround him with their encouragement um, as uh, we pray for him to pull through it. Yes, it's tough. Why my um. My late pastor watched him go through the ups and downs of chemo and radiation. He passed away in 2005 of colon cancer. Um, mm. My uncle had cancer. So watching someone you love go through, I've been to the chemo treatments and the radiation and watched the ups and downs and had to carry him up the steps to church. And I definitely know what that's like. Um, and then yeah. going through, when I'm going through what I went through with my mother, it's just tough, you know. Somebody you love going through pain, and I know what that's like. It's just tough. So, if it's best for him to pass on to this world and cross over to the greatest stage of them all, that's the best thing. 
Yeah. But, you know, I definitely yeah. do hope uh, if any possibility, um, you know, a miracle happens. And my heart definitely goes yep. on to it. Absolutely. I, um, you know, like I said, man, whether it's on this side or the other side, I, 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 I'm praying for no more pain, you know, so uh, within him and within the family, uh, you know, I'm praying that there's no more pain. And, uh, you know, prayerfully, I'm sure that his wife and his family and friends will uh, wish that uh, there's a miracle that happens and that he's pain free on this side. Um, but, you know, if that doesn't happen, I know that he'll be paying, paying free on the other side. So uh, whatever it is, I just pray that um, he'll be paying free and that uh, uh, this the family and the friends will be able to cope with it, uh, whatever happens. And during this time, his wife will continue to be an encouragement to him because that's what he needs. I mean, just, you know, physically he's um, yeah, he does. not getting not getting better, you know, but uh, – um, you know, he can still say, I love you too, to her. He can still, uh, feel, you know, her warm embrace. And that, that right there, that is, um, that is amazing that, uh, there's still that, that mental, you know, capacity in him that he, that he's able to feel the love of his wife. That's absolutely incredible. So our prayers go with Matt and uh, his wife and family and friends, and, and we are praying for a uh, recovery and we're praying for uh freedom of pain. Uh all right, so all in. All in sold out uh in under thirty minutes. We talked about that with with Lance and uh just we probably covered that with Lance's interview. Just it's unprecedented. It's really interesting that uh with not, without any marquee matches, you know, uh all in was able to sell uh out within thirty minutes. And it just goes to show just like I said how the professional wrestling businesses nowadays and uh, how you don't necessarily in 29 minutes, 30 seconds, uh, (laughs) the chat room is uh, clarifying and, and to the T 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Thank you for that. Thank thank you for that. Um, So yeah, it should be interesting. Um, I've been asked uh, by people if I'm all in (laughs) um, unless, I get so uh, unless all ends media give me a pass uh, to do some media coverage and pay for my flight to Chicago, uh, I I won't be attending um, live. Uh, there's some there's some um, there's some secondary market uh, uh, tickets that are like three times as much as uh, what Cody was selling them for. Uh, good question. Will it be streamed? So Cody interview was interviewing with Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. It was a fantastic interview, by the way. Check that out. Um, he said that there's no plans for it to be streamed right now um, because he's having people from ROH and New Japan uh, a part of the um, All In. So you know, for the sake of um licensing. You know, uh, for, yeah, licensing for the sake, yeah, licensing and, and, and things like that and, and you know, just he's working with many companies, so who has the rights to that to, to the streaming and, and just dealing with that and things like that. So it's 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 a conundrum to be able to stream it working with multiple companies. He said that he was talking uh, to some people in 
Um, uh, I think he was like in a conference room talking to some people, and they were considering streaming it uh, through them. Uh, so right now there's no plans to stream it, uh, but uh, he's, de- he's definitely, you know, there's there's time. There's, you know, a little over three months to, to see if see how they can work that out. So hopefully so. I would yeah. love to see it for sure. Absolutely. Uh, someone's saying at least put it on pay-per-view. Again, it's one of those things that it's uh, working with multiple companies. You know, this isn't the uh, uh, AWA Super Show anymore, you know, <laughs> where where you could uh, put a bunch of super people clash. from different companies together. and uh, Super Clash. Yeah, the Super Clash. I believe they had three of those, didn't they? The three, didn't they have three Super Clashes? Um, yeah, it was three, and, and the and, third one was the worst. That's something to watch if you want to laugh. Third one was the Bisco Hennig, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that the third, the third Super Class? Was the third Super Class? What was the what was the third Super Class main event? I thought it was Hennig and uh, Zabisco for the AWA title. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me, uh, let me see. Super Clash, Super Clash three. I think. Let's see what the main event. Anybody knows who the, what the main event for Super Class Three was? Was that Law, was that Lawler or? Oh, it might have been Lawler uh, Henning. Lawler and Terry Von Erich was. I think Lawler was in it. Chavo Guerrero, Mando Guerrero, Hector Guerrero defeated Cactus Jack and the Rock and Roll RPMs. Oh wow! Um, uh, Mike Davis and Tommy Lane. So. Uh, Chavo Senior, Chavo Classic was a part of. Uh, that was December thirteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. The UIC Pavilion in Chicago, Illinois, had a draw of one thousand six hundred and seventy-two people. Wow! Oh, there were four. There were four. Wait a minute, four super clashes. Okay, so Eric Embry defeating Jeff Jarrett to win the WCWA Light Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the wow. main event. Was um, okay. So Jerry Lawler defeated Kerry Von Erich through the referee stoppage to unify the AWA and the WCWA, the World Class uh, Wrestling Association Heavyweight Championships. So the main event was the Rock and Roll Express defeating. Oh, oh goodness! So the main event, um, Stud Stable versus Rock and Roll Express. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Double disqualification. That's. That was crazy. All right, so Super Class 4 drew 2,000 people, April 8th, 1990, in St. Paul, Minnesota. And the main event was the Trooper and Paul Diamond defeating the Destruction Crew, which is uh, Enos and Bloom, in a steel cage match. Wow. Oh wow, ladies and gentlemen, Super Clash Four. Um, I interviewed Paul Diamond on my show this year. I should have talked to him about Super Clash Four. <laughs> that would have been a good, good talking. Point. I'll bring Paul Diamond back so we can talk about Super Clash Four. Um, Tully Blanchard defeated Tommy Janner. Wow. Uh, Baron Von Roski subbing in for Junkyard Dog, defeating Colonel De Beers. Zabisco defeated Mr. Saito uh, to to win the uh, AWA World Heavyweight Championship. Bach Winkle was the special ref. 
Wow. <laughs> Super class, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? Wow. There you go. All right. So, uh, yeah. I'll, be, uh, <laughs> I'll actually be in Chicago doing that weekend for the StarCast. StarCast, um, yeah. If you do have a table. Now, will I be at all in? I have no idea because, like you, if I do not get a media pass um, to do anything, I shall not be attending. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I'm happy next for question. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I'm very happy for him. How many times did Bret Hart win the WWE Championship? How many times did Bret Hart win the WWE Championship? All right, let's fly through these. Uh, Ronda Rousey. All right, so SmackDown to Fox, um, huge deal. Of course, we kind of alluded to that with Lance Archer as well. Um, so active October of 2019. Uh, good job, Mo. Five, five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. WWE champion was done, was won by Bret Hart. And you know what Booker T told Bret Hart when he won his fifth WWE championship? I'd do it for you. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, I'd do it for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so uh, SmackDown and Fox, it was really interesting. Um, changing the Friday nights as well, the rat reported that. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I say it, 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 you know, Meltzer said that some people within WWE um, said that it, they they have a feeling that it may go taste again, but it's a billion dollar deal. I mean, it's a billion dollar agreement, five years, two hundred five million dollars a year, and it, it to me it's it's Friday just, night. it would be a shock for WWE to go back taped through Fox out of anybody. No. No. Fox getting smacked no. down for a billion-dollar deal. And, and not only that, the people don't know, the Fox, the brand of Fox TV, what they'll be calling the new Fox, which would be like the new direction they're taking, is not owned under Disney. So they're definitely going to need all the right. revenue that, they, that they're going to need from SmackDown being live because you're not going to make as much money as yeah. something to take. So... Right. Smackdown needs to continue to be live. Now, being on a Friday night, I mean, that's kind of a bad night for TV. Especially during the yeah, summer. Yeah, it's usually a dead spot. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's usually a dead spot uh, when it comes to television. Use, uh, within that Fox slot, too, it's usually a dead spot. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, they'll do it. We still didn't have an answer to this question. What years did Bob Backlund win his WWE championships? So they're still still waiting on that. Uh, people said 78 and 79. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so we got we got one pe- we got one person uh, saying one part right and another person saying another part right. So we need one person to say both years at the same time. But I see two of the correct years right now in the chat room, but they're by two different people. So uh straighten that out and I'll and I'll shout you out if you got the right if you got the right answer. Um all right, so yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's not until October, but uh huge news. All right, Dustin. Dustin gets the credit for it. 
1978, he defeated superstar Billy Graham. 1994, he defeated Brett the Hitman Hot. That is the correct answer. Great job. Next question on deck. What was Michael Hayes' name when he was an announcer? What was Michael Hayes' name oh. when he was an announcer? Oh, man. Yes, we loved, we so loved him when he was an announcer. <laughs> so bad. Uh, all right, so Ronda Rousey, uh, we'll see. You know, we'll talk about this more than Money in the Bank uh, time. Doc Hendricks, good job, Ryan. You spelled Doc wrong, but uh, we'll, we'll give you that. Uh, C-Town yeah, 100 DLC. as well. D-O-K. D-O-K. Doc Hendricks, D-O-K. D-O-K. Like what a crazy Mark way Lee. to spell Doc. Never. So, yeah. Um, Shout out to Sam. So we talked uh, about Rousey. Um, we talked about Rousey uh, as far as just, you know, working the singles matches. Uh, she's being protected right now. I like what they did with the with the signing. Uh, with You know, but, you know, we'll get to Raw here in a minute. We, we, we're running short on time. Um, so we're going to skim through this. Five hundred dollar cash prize. Uh, is that coming from your bank account? <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right. So Tom McGee, former WWE wrestler, beaten by as much as six young men over a parking spot in Los Angeles. That is uh, crazy, man. What in the world yeah, is this man. world going? It's crazy. This is over a parking spot. Ridiculous. Not and that yeah, man. Tom McGee, yeah, he was supposed to be like Hulk Hogan. I think they were trying to, like, groom him to be like Hulk Hogan and then found out that he had, like, no charisma. And then they turned him heel yeah, at the latter part of his um, latter part of his WWE tenure. Yeah, he was managed by Jimmy Hart. Hey, Jimmy Hart. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think, they were, I think they were, like, grooming him to be like Hogan. But, um, no, no, he, he just didn't have the charisma, unfortunately. Uh, but he's almost 60 now, and he's getting beat up over a parking spot. I mean, that's sad. What in the world is that all about? All right, so uh, real quick, um, X-Pac, uh, there never be a Hogan. I agree with that. I agree with that. There never be a Hogan. Uh, X-Pac was talking about Big Cass being a doghouse. Um, you know, he basically said it's better to say sorry. Uh, it's better to... to uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than to say sorry. Um, wait, is is better to say sorry than to ask for permission? Is what he said, uh, and that's a big rule. I've I've heard other people say that in the in the pro wrestling industry. You just don't be rebellious and defy what you're being told by the management. You know, he he was told no, he couldn't continue to beat up the midget. Uh, you know, um, you know, uh, reportedly, reportedly. Um, from what from what we from what we know is still storyline. Um, so yeah, he had to sell the in- injury in the recent tour that they were at, uh, being pulled from the match. I mean, WWE they don't play <laughs> when it comes to putting someone in a doghouse. Axe uh, Dolph Ziggler, he's, he's finally getting out of the doghouse with this <laughs> teaming up with uh, Drew McIntyre. So he's he's been in the doghouse for a while. Uh, Del Rio, you know, there's there's been people who's he's been to that doghouse and it's not a good place to be. All right, so real quick, um, your quick thoughts on Raw and SmackDown. 
Um, I thought, I thought Raw, Raw was okay. I did like the con, the the contract sign. I did, I did like how that was done. Um, as I say right now, I think Raw is one of the biggest things on Raw and WWE. My thing is just Lashley just stuck in this purgatory. It's sad. Oh, and that that segment with Sami Zayn. I don't know. Sisters. If, I don't know what was worse was the best segment or what was what was the segment last year, Featherstone, with uh, was the Alexa, Alexa Bliss segment. Bliss? Yeah. Yes. That was terrible. I'm trying to figure out what segment was worse. It, it just. I don't know, man. Mm, I, they both were really bad. <laughs> they both were terrible. Say that again. Uh, yeah, both were bad. Uh, so they uh, both were. They both were terrible. Yeah. Um, SmackDown. SmackDown, yeah. Um, I enjoy SmackDown. Uh, the thing is, SmackDown reminds me of WWE when they were getting on Nitro. Well, you're giving away all these matches for free and not pay-per-view. It's like their hot shot in Daniel yeah. Bryan now, ever since he's been able to get cleared. They're having a rush with all yeah. of these pay-per-view quality matches every week on SmackDown. It's like, what about AJ Styles? Now, I, I love the AJ Styles and Nakamura feud. That's going well. But at the end of the day, it's like, why can't we see Daniel Bryan against Jeff Hardy in a pay-per-view? And what did they throw with pay-per-view? Yeah. The match was okay. Uh, I've known Jeff Hardy and Matt. They're cool guys. I've met them a few times. This match was maybe seven, eight years ago. They're cool, but Jeff Hardy's fat. You know, he's able to wait in a way. You know, it's just, he still has the charisma, but he's just not the Jeff Hardy of old. And uh, my surprise yeah. is that the good brothers, Anderson and Gallows, finally won a match. Yes. I was very happy about that. And they, got, they get to go against the Bludgeon Brothers. And I, I'm just glad they finally getting over. I, I think their career in WWE has been, they've been so washed down and so yep. held back. You know, of course, they had a great career in New Japan. And they come to WWE, and it's like they had three weeks of what it was just tough. And then it's been basically like a purgatory. So that's my thoughts on SmackDown. I thought I enjoyed SmackDown about it in Raw. I love Nakamura, AJ. Um, and, and like I said, Anderson and Gallows won. So uh, I was pretty happy. And the New Day segment was funny, too. Oh yeah, I loved it. I loved. It. Oh, well, you know, I'm a big fan of New Day anyway. So, next question: Who were the members of the Disciples of Apocalypse? Who were the members of the Disciples of Apocalypse? All right. So, my raw thoughts: um, uh, Seth Rollins continues to kill it. I like him in the Intercontinental Championship level, that workhorse level. Um, not a fan of Reigns and gender, but I understand that they're trying to give Reigns there. It's like, you know, I'm still, uh, yeah, all of them. Yes, all, all of the, all of the, all of the people who are the disciples of Apocalypse. Um, I'm still giving, you know, I, you know, I'm still a big Roman Reigns fan. I think the WWE is kind of listening to the fans. Crush, chain, skull, eight ball. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul Ellering. Ah, ah, good job. Good job, Paul Ellering as well. Chris Skull. Skull and 8-Ball was the Harris Brothers. Chains was prime time Brian Lee. Um, you know, it just seems like they're kind of listening to the fans. And they're, and they're, yeah. And they're pulling, 
reigns away from the world title scene. But it's like, you know, it's so funny. I was, I was reading, I, I was listening to a lot of uh, interviews of people, what people thought about Roman Reigns. Jericho put Reigns over like crazy. Daniel Bryan put Reigns over like crazy when he was uh, uh, in an interview with Jericho. Uh, Daniel Bryan was talking about how great Roman Reigns is in the ring, although being, you know, young in the ring. Um, um, who else? Somebody put Miz put Roman Reigns over like crazy. Uh, uh, Paul Heyman put Roman Reigns over like crazy. I, I listened to a bunch of interviews about Roman Reigns. And there's so many people who, within the business who put Roman Reigns over like crazy, and they say he's a great worker. But the fans say he can't wrestle. But the actual wrestlers in the ring with him say that he's a great worker. So, uh, what's the opinion is a little bit more. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, um, huh. uh, sad. <laughs> I like Lashley. See, here's the thing. This is contrary to popular opinion, but I like I like Bobby Lashley as a babyface. I'm t- I'm cool with it. I'm cool with Lashley as a face. Um, but the way that they're making him a face is just terrible. And but here's the thing. Uh, someone's saying that the fans matter most. Uh, the fans does matter most, uh, but the 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 fans' opinion doesn't matter as much as the wrestlers' opinion when it comes to someone who they were actually in the ring with. So if someone, if Chris Jericho and Daniel Bryan and The Miz uh, says that R- Roman Reigns is a good, especially someone like Daniel Bryan, uh, who who says that, and Chris Jericho. Both say that uh, Roman Reigns and Miz, Miz is a good worker too. So for all of them to say that Roman Reigns is a great worker, um, their opinions it's, matter a lot more than, than the fans. It's, it's like uh, it's like this to it's like this to the fans. I mean, this is no disrespect to any of the fans listening. Cause the fans do matter, but like like Featherstone said. Me and Featherstone, we're both professional radio show hosts. You know, Featherstone's a journalist. I'm not really, I'm not, I've never been a journalist. I don't call myself one, but I'm a professional radio show host and personality. If me and Featherstone go out our hallway and praise another radio show, say, hey, these guys are doing great. These guys are doing well. But yet the fans decide, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Guess whose word is going to travel further? Absolutely, you do this as, as a part of a living to actually know what it takes to have a successful show. Or yep. fans outside that doesn't really understand it, doesn't have it, that hasn't actually done it and know what it takes. But it's pretty right. much the same thing. Right, like Reigns, I hate Reigns. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Reigns fan, but he's really good in the ring. And regardless if I didn't think he was good in the ring, if I had Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho, bad people to actually do the same thing, praising them. Right, in the mid. Yeah. In the mid, right. Yep. And that's thing. the mid the mid is underrated. I, I think um that's that's what I forgot to mention uh, a couple of shows ago. When you said about who's the most underrated the mid. People have no idea how good where the mid has come from, how he's literally had to fought every every inch to get where he's at today. He's transcended the WWE. Look how good he's in the ring, despite his concussion issues. Yeah, yeah. For a second time, we got a we got a roll here. But uh, someone's saying uh, I can dig Bobby as a face, but the writers suck at making him a good face. Yeah, I agree. Um, he got a lot of pops at the end of the sister segment, which 
I'm like, okay, well that matters, you know that that's what it was for. He got the pops for it, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm ha- at least happy that that happened. But that segment was uh, just terrible. Uh, someone is saying uh, the fans pay their bills. Uh not anymore, really, to an extent, but not really anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's uh the gate is only a fraction of the money that you know back in the day. It's like, hey, listen, we get this big gate. And everybody gets a cut, but nowadays it's like yeah, you know, I've listened to a bunch TV of interviews, and and I've done a lot of I've did a lot of writing, up, uh, and I said this I think last week or a week before. I've done a lot of writing uh, and listening to conference calls and, and and presentations from the CFO George Berrios, and you know he's one of you know he breaks down just the denominations and just the, he factors out just where the money's going and how they're getting the revenue. And a huge portion of their uh, revenue was digital and social media and, um, and uh, ad, you know, at TV deals, you know what I mean? Like billion dollar TV deals, uh, it's, it's much more important than any type of gate. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you can't have a, you can't make a billion dollar gate, you know what I mean? And they've never done that. And so that has a bigger presence. That has a bigger uh, uh, focus than actual, you know, and that's the reason why WWE can put can produce anything that they want to, and it really doesn't matter because they're getting billion dollar deals from Raw and SmackDown. So it really doesn't matter. It's unfortunate for us as fans, but at the same time, for them as a company, they're receiving more. I mean, this they're receiving like yeah, they're, they're sixty dollars. Are you kidding me? I mean, Rocket Heights. I was just reading an article from Bloomberg uh, talking about another uh, uh, a major um, entity was uh, considering grabbing, you know, a, a cut of, w, uh, of of WWE because their, you know, market value is so high. I mean, it's it's almost sixty dollars at this point, and it's like it doesn't have you know, anything to do with. It it has it has it has almost nothing it has just about nothing to do with good matches or good quality matches. It's just it, a straight business listen, model. There's no one how to do bring, how to make deals. You're bringing in three million people a week for Raw. You're bringing in two and a half million people for SmackDown. I see the consistency in numbers, and uh, Ronda Rousey is a is is a great person to. Uh, you know, to use as a uh, as a platform person, as a face, that's the reason why you know um, you know that's the reason why she was catapulted into the title scene. So there's so many factors that have nothing to do with wrestling with why WWE is so successful. So real quick, um, uh, I'm a big fan of Ember Moon, uh, so I'm glad she got a clean win on on uh, Bliss. She's one of my favorites right now. Uh, B team is just going to be a it's just a phase to me. I mean, it's funny what they're doing, but it's just a phase. Like I said, I like the contract signing at the end of it. Chad Gable starting to be a jobber, unfortunately. Um, we, uh, it, you know, Natalia is still talking about how uh, Ronda Rousey's her training partner. So we'll see. We'll see about that. You a turn's coming. Bobby Roode's losing consecutively. I wonder if a turn's coming for him. Uh, Strowman and Balor was unmatched, but Balor was able to make make it seem okay. You know, yeah, I agree, Dustin. I can see uh, American Alpha coming back too. Um, 
And then real quick, SmackDown, yeah, the New Day there. segment was hilarious. Um, I can see Big E being in there. There's there's some uh, talk that Big E actually not only may be the person, but he actually may win the, the uh, briefcase. That would be fantastic to me because I've been a big, huge Big E fan for quite some time, especially, you know, the New Day and Big E. Lana got the biggest pop of the night. That was very interesting. Um, almost uh, great worker. We'll see how that works. Uh, the uh, AJ and Nakamura. Um, that was um, good segment. Good segment. You got to love the weirdness of Nakamura. Just the, the body movement. The body language. Yeah, he, oh, he's sure. like a necklace. Yeah. No one, there's no one like my like yeah. Nakamura. With him being a heel yeah. and I speaking no English, he can just use that. Yeah, some, he didn't even have to talk. Yeah, he's killing it. He's killing it as a heel. Uh, someone said his promo's getting better. Yeah, I agree. As a heel, I, he, most said I wanted the pillow fight match. That's that's hilarious. Uh, happy that Gallows and Anderson won. I'll be interesting. Happy that Naomi won. I was kind of feeling they may have signed the Ville one, but I'm glad Naomi won. I hope she wins it all. To be honest with you, uh, her and her moon. And then Daniel Bryan versus Jeff Hardy was a great match. All right, we got like five minutes, so we got to zoom through the flavor of the week. So without further ado, let's get this going. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Okay, so real quick, uh, what's your five? Uh, Let's do a trivia question real quick. Who were the members of the WWE Tag Team, the Dream Team? Question. That is on that. Who were the members of the WWE Tag Team? All right. Evan, who's your five? Hey, the background music a little louder than normal, even though I do love it. My five, uh, honorable mention is Shibata. Uh, five is uh, Hiromu Tanahashi, which I didn't realize it was T Tanahashi, but I forgot. Uh, four, Elvis Desperado. Three, Sonata. Two, Will Osprey. And the first one, me and everyone has to say a cat. Uh, Alright, so uh, Brutus Beefcake is great. Valentine was a great answer. Great job. Alright, so if y'all want to bring y'all's five back, as far as the five people that you recruit from New Japan, I'll say them. Um, I'll, I'll say them, and I'll say mine. Mine here. Uh, Shibata, that would have been a great one for me, but he's uh, he's pretty he's done with the rest of the country. Um, uh, so here's my five. Number five is Will Osprey. Uh, number four is Kushida, big fan of Kushida. Uh, my number three is uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, my number two is Kenny Omega, and my number one is Kazuchika Okada. Um, big fan of uh, Kazuchika Okada. My top five. He's been in my top five quite a time. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's interesting. I think it was. I think it was Scott uh, the Moore. That's, uh, he went. He was around. Okada somewhere, I forgot where it was, but he went up to him and apologized to him, because, 
this is such a terrible job with Kazuki Okada you and TNA. And just look at him now. I mean, he's had the title for approaching two years. How long is Okada been the champ for oh, two years now? He broke the record of, um, of title defenses. He beat Tanahashi. Um, and so, like, man, he is killing it. He, he's absolutely killing it. He's even great. Yeah, he is. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Okada and I uh, love watching the dream. Uh, Alright, so Ryan said Cody, Young Bucks, Omega, and Naito. Not Cody, then Will Alright, so. Alright, so Will's going to finish the year. So he won the championship of the Yeah. He beat uh, Naito. June 19, 2016. Sports ring. Wow. He's had this title for 703 plus days. He beat Naito and Dominion. Um, and he's had the title ever since. That is just. Wow. 703 days. It'll be two years at this Dominion pay per view. They'll probably take it off of him at Dominion. But he can have the title for another. He can, he can have a team or team for me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't care. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, all right. We're wrapping up uh, episode 321 here. Let's give one more trivia question before we get off of here. How about that? Who was the first Divas champion, and what year did she win it? How about that? Close the show. Who was the first Divas champion? In what year did she win it? Uh, someone saying Italian. Nope. She won it for two years. There you go. Michelle McCool. Michelle uh, McCool. <laughs> Someone's just saying things now. Just saying people now. Uh, Michelle McCool. So what year uh, before we get off here? All right, ladies and gentlemen, two, 321 episodes in the books. It has been fantastic. As always, thank you to my good buddy, Lance Archer, Lance Point, 2008. Michelle McCool, 2008. Great job. Uh, thank you to Evan Tech Crowd again, as always. 321 uh, episodes in the books. Thank you to all the fantastic interaction within the YouTube live wrestling week. So, uh, tune in, follow me at Trey Wrestling, follow Evan, Evan Tech Prout, uh, 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 Tech underscore UTMR, follow me at Chris Prolific, follow the Cray, uh, follow the Pancakes of Power Sam show at Crave Wrestling as always. Thank you so much for uh, all the people who attended the show. You know, what? Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, every single time, every single, 321 episodes, over six years, I always aim to have this show be a good show. And of course, you know why I want this to be a good show. You know why I want this to be a good show. You know why. Because. God bless you all. Have a, have a great night. God bless you guys. And have a, good night. And you all have a good night. God bless. Goodbye, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.